Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Backstalk them, and then we can use them as filler episodes if later on, if we, you know, since we go back to the other way of recording, we could just, oh, I could just use those as filler episodes if we want to take a week off or yeah. what have you. And uh, yeah, so I thought I was like, oh, that'd be cool. So then I created a little file, okay, you know, fillers. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that should be, that should be. I think that, that was probably the best idea I've ever had in my life. Just <laughs> <Sweet> filler episodes. <laughs> right. So when we don't feel like doing this shit, we have something, <laughs> we have something to fall back on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, welcome, everybody, to the Lazy Geeks on the Lazy Geeks Network. I'm Stephen Vargas. I'm Adam Bali. All right. And uh, ha- I guess uh, happy. Hope you guys happy Thanksgiving for those of you in the America and uh, and those in of you the America. <laughs> well, Canada has a Thanksgiving, too, but I think it's it on a different month. date. It was last month. Mm. It was October. And like and then for those of you Americans outside celebrating it, happy Thanksgiving to the rest of the world. Happy Thursday, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just Thursday. Woo-hoo. Hope you hope you're doing swell. <laughs> right. Just think about it. It's just another day before the weekend. So, you know, <laughs> I saw it was something interesting. It, there's this series, um, comedy series on YouTube where it's Dungeons and Dragons. And then it will say like action edition. And then it's just a joke thing of them playing. But one of them was Thanksgiving edition. And uh, it has three players. One likes Thanksgiving. One of them is just like talking about Black Friday. He didn't care about Thanksgiving. <laughs> and the other one is talking about how why do we celebrate a day where we killed Native Americans? Like that kind of shit. And well, then it's not um, the day we killed them. I mean, you know. I know it was a long process. Um, <laughs> it's the, so long, the one was, was it called? It's um, that was the long haul. <laughs> you're in, yeah. you in for the long haul. 
so the the one who liked Thanksgiving um, gave this little rhetoric at the end, saying that um, negativity doesn't help anybody, and then um, unchecked commercialism is like he checked <laughs> both of them hard, and it was fucking great. I was laughing my ass because I don't I don't like those people. Like every time there's a holiday nowadays, um, or someone passes, which we'll get into a little later. Um, there's always those fucking people that want to ruin it for everybody. They want to turn it into something either with a holiday, turn it into something horrible. Like I get, I get some holidays, right? Like Columbus day. This is not necessary. Well, here in in, in California, it's indigenous persons day, I think. Right. But the, they're only going to do that in California. Um, (laughs) that holiday is useless because he didn't do anything. Right, like it's just a misrepresentation. But it's like, oh, Christmas is cool. Oh, but what about people who aren't Christians? Or what about Jesus wasn't born on that? Can you all fuck off? (laughs) Yeah, I know. It. It. You always have those those people that just, no matter what, you know, they have to be countered. Everybody else, like, fucking hate Christmas. I hate Christmas. Like, really, what did it do to you? You know, show us on what the doll. Do? Like, show us on the doll what it did to you. <laughs> That's really what I want to know. It's like, and the, they always have to be that buzzkill. You know, it's like the it's like those people that, that like my last job was. Oh yeah, the um, the uh, company was taking us out to lunch. You know, for uh, for Christmas, and he's Jewish, and but he liked Christmas. He likes Christmas. He was like, yeah, we're gonna do you know for Christmas. You know, we're gonna take you guys out to lunch, close the for several hours, and go have lunch. And they're like, oh, yeah, where are we going? Oh, we're going here. Okay. And then you always have that one person, we have to go there. Food's not that great. And I'm like, motherfucker, it's free. And you're, you're getting right. paid to go eat. Shut the fuck up. It's like, you know, it's like, calm the fuck down, will you? I don't know. It's the same thing, too, like whenever you see like, like um, Infinity War. When Infinity War came out, first couple of weeks you know everybody's like oh my god this was that the other thing then you started seeing those other articles that's totally popped up it's totally overblown or you know it's not the it's not as good as everybody thinks it is because you're missing these like they're somehow in it that they you know are catching things that the fans either don't care about (laughs) or aren't looking for and you know and you're just kind of like just shut up just, you know, but then on the, the flip people, side the, of that, the person that gets beat up, you know? on the flip side of that, like there's people that are being assholes, but then there's also where everyone's in love with something. And then you don't want to say nothing because you're that one person that kind of was meh about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you're just like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to chill. Gonna, yeah. I'm just not going to say shit. Cause everyone's going to jump down my fucking throat. <laughs> yeah. And that's cool. Like if you want to be that and you're like, going, you know what the end result's going to be fine. You know, you're just like, you know what? All, if I say anything, all it's going to do is going to cause a problem. Or if you're like me, you're kind of that guy that kind of lobs the grenade into the into the group and then you walk away and then they start fighting amongst themselves. Right. You know, like I, I'll do that from time to time. I'll throw out a random comment and then you'll get somebody. go, Oh, my God. Why? This? They're like, well, it's not total. You know, you get somebody that sides with you and then you just stay quiet and watch, you know, you, you know, you watching the rest of the world burn. <laughs> you know? Like I forget. Oh, Avatar! When Avatar came out, all oh, right, I saw it and I was I was like, no, nah, I didn't. I didn't really like it. You know, it didn't really grab me. And people were like, "What didn't you like about it?" Like they were so offended <laughs> that I didn't like this damn movie. I'm like, I didn't like it because it sucked. 
<laughs> How about that? I used to just to piss everybody off. It's Pocahontas in fucking space. That's why. There was a movie that came out and we were going to, oh, he went and saw, I can't remember what movie it was. It was a bad movie. It was that kind of a movie. And this one guy that we knew saw it at one of those like previews, you know, where you go and you, you know, you preview the movie and then you fill out the card or whatever. And he went and then it was finally getting released and he just could not stop talking about it wish i could remember the name of this damn movie and um oh yeah it was is an old fucking movie called american dreams it was it starred uh, that guy chris klein from the american pie movies and something and something else and you know and he was just like oh my god it was it was great you guys are gonna love it is so he kept talking and we're like okay cool we went and saw it and all of us were like okay this sucks and i think at one point we were like should we go like this movie yeah. that bad. Like, sh- should we go? And then at the end, he's like, and then like my friend afterwards was like, I don't know, man. I don't know what happened, but it was like really good when I saw it. I don't know what the fuck happened. <laughs> we're like, we're like, yeah, we we don't know either. And we just saw it one time to realize it was bad. You saw it twice. It so. was high, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, he probably was. <laughs> See, that's why you don't do drugs before you go to these movies. That's right. And then and then fucking make us suffer. <laughs> <laughs> he was fucking baked out of his mind. That movie would change my fucking life, bro. So good. Oh shit, what was it about? I don't remember. But, <laughs> but it was it the shit. My, but it changed my life. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh man. <sighs> so uh so yeah, so we finally had those midterms and I think most of those elections are done now. I think. Yeah. <laughs> my state, um, if you look at the map. <laughs> Your state your state uh, went blue. My state, my state's having identity issues because it depends on what map you look at. Right. But I'm pretty. We're pretty much. Um. Uh, we're a swing state now here in Arizona. Yeah. Uh, but we are leaning more blue now. Um. Which I mean, I don't. I don't know if it's good or bad, but uh, it's it is what it is. Well, I mean, comparative to who was going to represent the red. I oh know. my God, that McSally chick was great. Like I'm not even <laughs> talking about um patties. Right. McSally was a nut. <laughs> like you had um Cinema, Kristen Cinema, who won the Democrat. Right. She's she's the chick that she was crazy too. But you can see that she used to be crazy and then she's kinda she started taking her meds. Yeah, she got older <laughs> and was like, Maybe I should calm the fuck down so people would take me seriously. This McSally chick was a nut bag. And she never talked about the issue. She just talked about how much everyone else sucks right. and how great she is. So Trump, you know, she pulled a Trump. Right. Yeah. And then there's also uh, Angela Green, who's running for the independent party, who got 2% of the votes and nobody cared. So <laughs> oh, she actually right. dropped out pretty early and she started um, endorsing cinema. But cinema didn't even win by that much. She yeah. got 50% she and only, McSally got 48%. She won by the. Did you guys. You guys had a recount, right? She won. No, no, no. What happened was they were demanding a recount, but it was stupid. So the provisional ballots. Uh, McSally was win- had was winning until the provisional ballots got counted, and I told everybody, I said, because it was pretty close. I'm like, those provisional ballots are going to get counted, and Cinema's going to win. And they go, why? And I'm like, because most um, Democrats are young people, and young people are late to fucking everything. <laughs> right. Lo and behold, it was like all the provisional ballots were her. Yeah, you know, so it's like one straight off the jump. It wasn't a significant win. Which is probably why she isn't coming out all fucking hardcore right now. Right. So like she's kind of just she's like not walking out the colors, the, you know, right? Right. She's <laughs> colors. She's uh, 
she's getting the lay of the land. Um, but then it was just Democrat, Democrat. A lot of House district representatives were are Democrat, and then there's still some Republicans in there. Yeah. Um, and then our provisions. I want to talk about this real quick. This is where you can tell Arizona is still Arizona. So, <laughs> so uh, props 126, the service tax. So it was supposed to stop more taxes, basically. Right. Firm, yes. Because, <laughs> fuck that. Um, the renewable energy one was a resounding uh, no. Yeah. But I actually voted no on that one because the way the bill was written, it was trash. Like, it, it was just, just going to cost too much. Like, they... And and that's kind of what everybody said. Like, just write a better bill, and <laughs> we'll think about it. Um, and then the clean elections one passed. I forget exactly what. I mean, it sounds good. I I voted yes on it, but I don't remember what it was. Um, I knew what it was when I voted for it. Right. So I don't want to hear no shit. Uh, clean election account use uses and commission rulemaking measures. A yes. Prohibit candidates from using their public financing accounts to give funds to political parties or taxes. So basically, you can't be as shady. Right. And uh, that that actually only won by 56%. And people out here dumb. <laughs> so. Yeah, because over here, it's, it's funny because out here, uh, you know, Orange County is or has always been predominantly red. You know, most more of the conservatives live out so, in Orange County. Outside of uh, L.A. County, right? Yeah, outside of L.A. and outside of San Diego. Uh, yeah. You know, you have heavy, well, mostly because it's, it is it is a richer community, so they're mostly inherently um, are conservative. So, but what happened is, is that in this election, a majority of the um, House seats that were either favored or looked like they would win, or had like, you know, um, what do you call it, uh, career politicians in there, didn't get, like, the last two just got decided like two days ago. Oh, shit. It, it's Sunday that we're recording. I think there was like Friday and Saturday, and the they, they got in the provisional ballots and stuff like that, and the Democrats pulled out. So what happened was is that there this for the first time ever there is not one Republican's house seat in Orange County. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. The this one dude that I was so glad. I was like I was still surprised that it came so close Rohrbach um was the incumbent and he and I'm just like wow for people that like him it's just like he said that like people should be able to discriminate um, for people that don't like, you know, if you don't want a gay person living in your apartment, you ha- you should have the right to say no. You know, he was that kind of guy. And uh-huh. he he liked Russia, apparently. And, and Putin even said that Roebuck's his favorite councilman. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's a heavy endorsement right there. And but he he, he lost after like 30 years in office. Um there was this new seat that opened up. Uh, Young Kim, I think, was the Republican who was endorsed by Trump. Uh, and uh, they had this guy named Cisneros, who was a military dude. He won the fucking lottery. And in- instead of doing what most rich people do, he actually started to invest in the community with it. Like, became like a real person. And the Democrats were like, or the Republicans were like, he's into shady business dealings. And I was like, 
you mean like everyone else in Congress? Like, yeah. <laughs> like what the hell? And he just was declared, and she was leading the entire time until the last count of votes came in. And um, he he eked out like a lot of these Democrats barely eked out, and they're like, this is changing like, like the 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 layout of California because you know. And the thing is, is like you you hear Trump talking about like, you know, like he's like, well, yeah, like that press conference after he's like, I think it was a majority of a success. I was like, you lost the fucking house, dude. Like, how was that? You know, I go, yeah. But then the same thing is, is like, yeah, you know, for majority of us, like you, you know, you can say that. Because, you know, or most they have you know. they have the Senate, but they only gain they only have control by getting two over the needed. Right. Like it was by the skin of their fucking teeth. Yeah. And it's just like and you, you see that and you're just kind of like you're like, you know, and he's like, you know, it's been the greatest. You know, we have the we have the greatest <sighs> amount of seats, you know, like ever in the Senate. And I was like, yeah, but you do realize that this uh, I think they said 30 seats have flipped in the house and that ha- they haven't had that much of a turnover since Watergate. Yeah. Not a great time to compare yourself to, you know, I let them, let them have some fun, <laughs> you know, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. So, you know, it's like, going, damn. And then the Florida election just finally got called and you're just like, Jesus. And then of course you're hearing, you know, like Trump's over there saying, you know, like, well, you know, it's, uh, you know, uh, voter fraud, you know, because you can just go and vote, go back to your car, change your hat or your shirt, and walk back in there and vote again. I was like, motherfucker, have you ever voted? <laughs> I know. Like, I don't understand. You know what? Probably not. Yeah, probably not, yeah. Because I'm just like, I was like, you know, because like in California, they're like, well, yeah, you know, like, you know, because we have, what was it in the presidential, like three million illegals voting in that election, which is why he didn't win the popular vote. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. You know, when the popular vote, because nobody likes him. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you know, when the popular, because, yeah, given between the two, it's like, mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, but our main topic tonight, we lost the legend of pop culture. Yes. Um, and it's been kind of cool because, like, the outpouring of the, the, the amount and the people that have been, you know, you know, just like, commenting on on the loss to pop culture uh of course we're talking about stan lee who passed away on veterans day observed at the age of 95 um which was cool because you know everybody was like people on veterans they were like oh yeah it's good to remember that he was a vet too you know um yeah that's true and uh so like it 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 was one of those instances where, you know, celebrities die all the time and they're, you know, favorites that you have. And I wrote a, I, I wrote a blog post last week on the, on the site. It took me a couple of days before I could actually write something because I had, I was trying to find my words. And like, for me, the loss of him is up there with like the loss of like Leonard Nimoy and Carrie Fisher. Cause they were part of my childhood, you know? Um, Stan Lee to a different uh, to a different ranking because he was you know co-creator <laughs> of my childhood of a lot of what I read and absorbed of pop culture when I was a kid and uh, so it was just it it really had a just like a kind of a a deep impact on me and it it actually did make me really really sad I mean he was ninety five 
you know, and so we all kind of knew that day was coming. Yeah. But I remember when I saw it on, it was like CNN, they broke in and said about Stanley, it was just kind of like this, oh no, you know, because you kind of just, fig, you know, I guess you just kind of figured he'd still be around, <laughs> you know? Well, then you you also have people, and I had a few people tell me this, but they're like, well, I mean, he was 95, so it shouldn't be too much of a shock. I'm, I'm like, yeah, well, you're going to die someday, too. Do you want me to just <laughs> not make, give a fuck? Yeah, exactly. So when you die, go, well, you know, we got to die sometime. Is that is that cool with you? <laughs> My Jesus. I know. And, you know, we really get to that point where, uh, uh, what is it? Um, I don't know. It just, just to me, he, his presence, like, it, on my blog post, I posted that um, um, I was probably about five or so when I first actually got a Marvel comic. And, you know, my whole thing was, you know, my, of course, you know, I was born in the 70s, you know, and late 70s. So TV was pretty much my babysitter. <laughs> he sat in front and watched TV all the time. And, you know, everybody wanted me to read more, and I didn't. And one day my dad got me a Spider-Man comic, you know, because figured, hey, well, you know, this might help him. You know, it's pictures, and he can read and stuff like that. And that was the first thing I, I was introduced to. And just from that kind of spawned my interest in in Marvel characters. And, like, the next one was, like, you know, and at the same time, like when I got the the comic, then they had a, a, a short run Spider-Man series that ran for a little bit cheesy as fuck. But, you know, it, it, it you know, it was kind of like, oh, cool. And then the Incredible Hulk TV series came out. I remember watching that and then seeing the, the you know, being kind of interested in the Hulk. But at the same time, you know, like, you know, Bruce Banner being, you know, sad all the time, and especially at the end of the shows. <laughs> walking down the street yeah, the sad hulk music you know and you know and then seeing the comic in the store and then like getting that and then just started collecting and just totally getting into the the whole marvel universe and then when the co a comic book store opened up in my neighborhood it was like oh, yes and then that's when i first discovered back issues and and all that shit and you know just you know just went completely crazy with it I think um, it was actually it was funny because I was thinking about it um, when I was at work. Somebody said something to me uh, that kind of irritated me, but <laughs> not really, not really because they were being a dick. They were kind of bringing up a good point. But I've always been predominantly a DC fan. Um, now, Stanley did write a few books for DC, uh, which I mean they weren't big, big, but they were good. But um, the first comic book I ever read was a Spider-Man comic book. And I think that's a common thing for kids either in the 80s, 90s, or 70s. I'd said that out of sequence. Um, <laughs> is what was the first comic Spider-Man? Because yeah. it was they Spider-Man was everywhere. It was either that or X-Men in the late, late 80s and stuff. But um and I and I told this person, I said, listen, I respect Barbara. Yeah, I, I grew up reading mostly DC, but the reason DC was so good 
Now, I, I, I was born in the 80s. So the reason the reason why DC was so good was because of Stanley's influence. Yeah. His his um, before he came along, superheroes were these godlike creatures. There is very whimsical, happy go lucky kind of stuff going on in the comic books. It wasn't it, he brought that. Oh, he's a superhero, but he's also a teenager. And he's got to balance his life, stuff like that. Oh, um, you know, the Fantastic Four, they're also a family, you know, and they're trying to get this together, that together. It was always kind of a know, unique a unique aspect. It was it was more like he's a teenager that just happens to have superpowers. Right. You know? He brought humanity to comic books. Yeah. And um, by the time I started reading comic books, DC was already influenced by that. You had uh, – Batman having problems with his kid, Damien. So, you know, stuff, little stuff like that that wouldn't be around if it wasn't for him. You know, and then I remember as I got older, um, you know, I realized who Stanley was and, and, and stuff like that when I, when I was like a, a young teen. And um, I started really getting just into him because he was just a great dude. I read his, uh, I read his autobiography. Um, no, it was, which the one, what's the one that when they write them? Uh, yeah, it's an autobiography. Or autobiography. memoir. Memoir. Huh? Memoir. Like, no, I, I don't know what I called it. But all I know is it was awesome. And if if you got if anyone listening loves Stanley or wants to know a little bit more, re, let me let me find it. That autobiography. Well, oh, I guess I have to put Stanley. <laughs> uh, that autobiography. Damn you, Google! So you can't funny. you can't just read my mind now. You know we haven't got there yet. It was so good. It, it was it was so good. It's called Excelsior: The Amazing Life of Stanley. It's it's interesting too. Like when you hear like with Stanley, like you know, everybody's like, "Well, you know, his name's you know Stanley. What was it, uh, Leibowitz?" Or yeah, yeah, I think it was something Leibowitz, like yeah. yeah. And you know, he changed it to Stanley because he was like, nobody would have respected you as Lieber. a writer. or Lieber. Yeah, you're Which, just being racist, adding that wits at the end, motherfucker. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, uh, you know, like, and it, and it's kind of true at the time you would use a pen name because, you know, if you try to use your real name to be a real author, nobody's going to, oh, you write comic books? Yeah, we're going to pass on that. You yeah. Know? And and then eventually he just, you know, after Marvel became such a huge success, ended up, you know, becoming, changing his name to Stanley and just kind of absorbing that. And And it's really interesting. Like for me growing up, I remember hearing Stanley's voice because I used to watch Saturday morning cartoons with um, Spider-Man and his amazing friends. And for those of you, if those of you don't know, Google that. Uh, but it was uh, Peter Parker, college age. And he, you know, he lived with Aunt May, but he had two roommates. I think they were living in the attic and then I think they moved out or something like that. But it was with Firestar and Iceman or his roommates. And... Of course, you know, it's college, you know, trying to deal with school and stuff, but at the same time being superheroes. And he would always narrate the end, you know, and then have a little bit of the beginning. And then he'd ended with, you know, Excelsior, you know, his, his great catchphrase. And it was like, you know, and then eventually learning, you know, figuring, you know, learning, you know, what, you know, the put the face with the voice and stuff like that. And then, of course, his cameos in the Marvel movies. You're just like, it's one of the kind of the, one of the things you, you kind of looked for, too. You were like, oh, I wonder what, what he's going to be. And I still think Deadpool, too. Or, no, the original Deadpool was his best cameo. 
as the DJ at the strip club. Yeah, that <laughs> one was funny. That one and um, the one where he was, I think it was Avengers Age of Ultron, where he's delivering the package. <laughs> Tony Stank. Tony Stank. It's like, is Tony Stank? Yeah, that's Tony Stank. Thank you for that. <laughs> I think I think one thing that that is is something a takeaway here, and and we have a lot of the crazy SJWs like that are trying to like whenever any ever somebody dies, like, oh well, he was a uh, he was a racist and he was a uh, sexist, and that's already been blown out, and and that's all bullshit because it's documented right in that comic. in his uh, Stanley soapbox even yeah. from back in the seventies that he was writing against that stuff straight out. And I think something that ignoring that bullshit, Stanley's one of those people that is kind of that old school kind of man that you you really want to kind of be. Right. Like he he was always kind. He worked hard. You know he was he worked he worked his ass off until his fucking nineties for Christ's sake. Yeah. I, I know people in their twenties that are trying to retire. <laughs> you know. Right. So. It, he's just an impressive. It doesn't even matter that he he wrote comedy. He's just an impressive man. Yeah, well, you know, it's, and it's funny because I like I have people that uh, uh, my friend Peter um, works for Disney and actually worked on uh, on a small production that was just interviewing Stanley. And he said that he goes he was just gobsmacked by him. Like he goes the the sincerity and just the appreciation that he had for you know uh, for people. And all of that, and he said it just it it blew him away. And he goes, when his wife told him that he had passed, you know, he said he was exceptionally hit hard by that. And another guy that I know who used to be a, a cartoonist at Disney, he said he was there, and it was just after uh, uh, Marvel bought Disney. I mean, Disney bought Marvel, and uh, he said that he was coming down the hallway, and he looked back, and he saw Stan Lee coming with, uh, you know, coming with this other guy, and. Uh, he said that he held the door open for him. And when Stanley walked by, he said he congratulated him. And then he goes, and then he looked at him. He said, it was all because of you. And he smacked him on the back. And he goes, I admit it. I geeked out like hard. <laughs> and it's like, you know, you, you see the way he is with adult fans and you see the way he is with the kids, you know, at the comic cons and the, the signings and stuff like that, you know, meeting the, uh, you know, meeting the creator and co-creator of a lot of these characters. And you're just kind of like, it's hard not to kind of be like, wow, you came up with these characters and then reintroducing like Captain America in the sixties and the Avengers and then giving him that total change up of, you know, now he's, you know, a guy who doesn't necessarily feel he fits in anymore, which I thought was such a great dynamic for Captain America instead of making him gung ho America, you know, you know, uh, fighting for the allies and then comes back and realizes this isn't the world he left, you know, and it's completely different, giving him a completely just changed persona and which I thought they did a great adaptation for in the movies, you know, and uh, it, it's just it's it's one of those where you're kind of like, you know, to be able to, to do that and, and still keep the utter focus of all of these characters, you know, and keep the focus of. These are human beings, so they have problems, and that's what makes them more relatable. And that, you know, that to me, that's what keeps them keeps them grounded. I think too many times we get lost in the uh, 
oh, they're a superhero, but you kind of forget. Yeah, but if you really read the comics, it's like, you know, a good half, maybe three quarters is about the troubles that the superhero was causing them in their real lives. Right. I I, I think one thing Stanley had too, he had this ability. Like you'd even have to be really talking to him, just listening to an interview, you felt like a child. Like in a good way. You right. know what I mean? Like like he made you feel like that kid who was reading that comic book. You know, and 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 he kind of I mean, let's be honest, he was older than all of us. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? So you respected him as an elder, you know what I mean? And and he had that kind of that just that aura around him, you know, that that he was a he was someone that you listen to. You you keep your fucking mouth shut when he's speaking. And yeah, I saw that with you a might lot learn of people. Something. Right. Like I, I you would people who weren't even in that in the comic books that much. He just had that kind of personality. You know, and I'll admit it hit me a little harder than I thought it was gonna hit me. You know, and I'm a, I'm kinda always like that. When when a celebrity dies, I'm kinda like I mean, whatever. I don't know that person, but then I start thinking about it, and you start. And I, I remember Steve and I were talking about this. You start thinking about how weaved that person is into your upbringing and in your in your life, you know, indirectly, and 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 it's kind of fucking amazing. Like if you really think about it, Stanley shaped not only comic books but all these movies that we, we're all fucking falling over ourselves to watch. The, right. the cartoons alone. Like, I forgot about all that shit, too. Yeah. You know, it's just so much of, of the pop culture that I came up with is because of him. Yeah. And it, it's so intense when you really think about it. Like, it's it's incredible. And not only him, of course. But we're, not, we're not disrespecting any of the collaborators that he worked with or anything like that. Right. But, you know, we're focused on him because he just died. Right. I don't understand why people don't understand that. Like he's like, oh, Stanley died. You know, he's going to be missed. What about Jack Kirby? Yeah. Motherfucker, we we were upset when he passed too. I know. It's, <laughs> I know. It's it's just that like you know it. it I don't understand. I hate people that are like that. Like it's like, it's like it's yeah, not necessary. I know it isn't because it's like yes, and we remember them, and we remember them constant constantly. You know, right. we don't have to sit there and say like his death isn't mean so much because Jack Kirby died. It's like going, you know, yeah, and we we all. You know, and we saw still revere Jack Kirby. It's like get off your. He high also horse. died in. He also died in ninety four. Right. Like can Stanley <laughs> can Stanley have a have a moment? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like fuck, I hate that shit. That shit makes me angry. Yeah. And 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 that goes back to old, the old Irish Catholic in me too. Is you just don't <laughs> talk bad about the dead. Yeah. Like it's disrespectful. Well, it's because you the know, internet allows people to be pussies and say whatever they want because yeah. they're hiding behind their computer screen. So it's like it's it's just stupid. It would like, be I it think, would be different if one day you know you type some bullshit, knock on your door, someone pummels you to the ground because you said that shit. Like oh shit, the real life consequences now. Yeah, motherfucker. I think people would stop doing shit. Well, I was talking. I was talking to a friend of mine. Um, she's a girl. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like how you preface she, everything with that, <laughs> right? She doesn't really. She's not in the con. I mean, she's seen the movies and stuff, but. Um, when Stan Lee died the next day, because obviously I wasn't at work because it was the Veterans Day, observe. The next day, me and the me and my friends were kind of not, you know, not super sad, but just like, damn, you know, and kind of talking about some stuff and uh, basically talking about what Steve and I are talking about now. And um, she was like, I know 
that he was a big deal, but why? I mean, none of you knew him. And then we started really breaking it down and t- explaining when you think about how much he's in. Then she got upset because she started realizing that a lot of stuff she enjoys or that she him. shaped her, he was involved in. Yeah. You know, and it's like you don't even notice. Yeah. You know, it's intense. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it is. And, and that's really kind of like kind of it. Like in w- the day he passed, I was kind of, you know, going through Twitter. And of course, you know, like my favorite one was Robert Downey Jr. And he had a picture with uh, a picture with Stan and said. All of this is because of you. You know, yeah. and it was just like and, and at the same time you look at it and you're thinking, yeah, he's talking about the cinematic universe, but he's also talking about uh, RDJ's own career because of Iron Man is why he's this way, you know, and that's not to say that he couldn't have found something else, but this is what put him back on the map. And, you know, and then, of course, you had Army Hammer being a dumbass and going, oh, my God, that dude. Well, you know, putting up a picture with you and Stanley is kind of bringing attention to yourself. But here's the thing. There's always going to be those people that try to cut it down. But you, but he you later really, backtracked. He later backtracked. Yeah, he, you could really tell how, how important someone was to the culture. Because when those people do crop up, oh, but this that, everyone's like, fuck off. Right. Like, not today, motherfucker. Devil ain't going to get me today. <laughs> because, you know? you know, and it's like showing a picture with you and him is a special memento. It's like, yeah. you know, you're like going... It affects me. I've met the man. I was with the man. You know, it's like, I don't understand why that was such a big deal. And then Bill Maher, and I'm not even going to entertain that whole fucking thing because he's just. Bill, a- a, Bill Maher literally sounded like he was telling young people to get off his lawn. Yeah. Like it was, it was pathetic. Yeah. And I heard the internet's not having it. <laughs> no, they're not. Um, um, but like, know, you know, man. you know, seeing, and then DC wrote something really, you know, really amazing. They were like going, Hey, you know, uh, we, you know, comics today, you know, are because of him and the way he wrote. And they even acknowledged that like, hey, you know, we were all different before him. And it was it was really, really beautiful to see that. And then see Titan publishing saying, you know, that and IDW and, you know, everybody basically like, yeah, we're all here because of you. You know, Scott Snyder, you know, uh, you know, he's like, I never, you know, I never, you know, you know, wrote a, a Marvel book, but it's because of his of his stuff that I got into this. You know, well, was it, a, there was a comment. I can't remember what I was looking at, but it was one of those like memorial things, and it was just a comment. But it was it was it was really true. Where it's it was on the day he died, and it says today there is no DC or Marvel fans. It's just comic book fans. Yeah, and and that was that was true as shit. Like the real fucking fans were coming out. Yeah. You know, like you can ignore the noise and the people talking shit because it really was a little bit. It just it just pissed me off. That's why I yeah. felt like it was a lot. It was like two people that said something <laughs> stupid, you know, but everybody was just that you, you could feel it was palpable. Like that feeling of just everybody was was feeling the same way. What was, what was interesting, too, is just the, the diverseness of people that were coming out and, and saying just the, the loss of fucking David Axelrod, fucking hardcore you know, Democratic operative mm-hmm. of the Democratic party, uh, party was like, we lost Stan Lee today. He's like, I can't even explain the profound loss. You know, he was just like, you know, you, and, you, and you, you forget 
these people that you know that like some of these people like in politics or you know like high up like elon musk <laughs> you know was like and i was like yeah and that comes from the real tony stark like <laughs> you know yeah you know he, he could basically say you know well it's because of stan i'm i'm you know i i'm i'm who i am you know but uh you know it, it's it's just it's one of those that we all kind of knew was coming but I don't think a lot of us truly realized just how we would feel when it happened. We knew it was coming. We just weren't ready for it. Yeah. Uh, well, one of, um, like, uh, one of our, uh, you know, uh, I guess I'll say one of our constant fans, uh, uh, Orbital Fetus even hit, hit us up the day he died and was just like, you know, he was, um, he wrote like, he kept a dictionary with him while he read comics and he says, I wanted to know what every word meant. Grew, I grew up reading comics printed in the 50s through the 90s. I can't separate who I am from what comics made me. R.I.P. Stanley, and thank you um, and thank you to my father who introduced me to the wonderful world of comic books, Excelsior. And then he commented, because I told him we were going to do an episode on him. And keep in mind, we actually pre-recorded most, all of our episodes for the rest of the year. And this one, Adam was like, "Now we're doing an episode. We'll, oh, you have we'll, to. We'll back catalog that, and, and we have to talk about this." And um, so, uh, Orbital Fetus said he's, he looks forward to that episode. He goes, "I can't put into words how much comic books opened my mind up to things like character development, plot lines, continuity, vocabulary, just reading fucking words." And he's, "Yes, I know it's all very basic shit, and any respectable adult should have a grasp of, but." given uh but being given a harness over these ideas from comic books as a child made me feel like a superhero well then you had a lot of kids and and i firmly believe this you have a lot of kids that grew up in broken homes or, or just not the best circumstances and they come up reading comic books and they're they're still getting those lessons of morality mm -hmm. and and um and they don't even notice they're getting it. It's just being ingrained. You read enough Spider-Man, you're going to do the right thing <laughs> when you get older. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's that, that sacrifice for good is, yeah. is, has always been in anything Stanley has touched. That's always been his number one message really from what I interpret is that it doesn't matter um, who you think you are. You, you need to do the right thing. You need to help people and stuff like that. And I feel like he was the same way. Like really, really all of it. It's kind of amazing because Stan, Stanley's one of the, those people that he kind of never will die because he has so much work oh, yeah. that you, you can enjoy. And, and I, I know some people probably get scoff at this, but you think about people like Shakespeare or, um, famous musicians, Mozart, stuff like that. It, they, they never, they're never dead because yeah. you you can constantly read their things and listen to their stuff. And it's 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 just kind of like that. And that's the only thing that kept me from fucking being too upset. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. it kind of makes me want to sign up for um that Marvel Unlimited. Just start reading a lot of that back stuff. Oh yeah, that I missed when I was a kid. You know. So before, I, I watched all the cartoons. I'll tell you that much right now. Well, the I was cool on them fucking Marvel the, cartoons. The cool thing is, is that you know we we're pretty sure we know he's going to have a cameo in in Captain Marvel, and the Russo brothers did announce that he had already filmed his cameo for Avengers Four. Yeah, because he liked to do them in blocks. Yeah, and so you know, so at least you know we can 
we can be that. And I'm, I'm pretty sure there'll be a tier or two when those come mm-hmm. up, you know. Um, but before we close this out, I actually wanted to read the blog post that I, I wrote on the site. So in case you guys want to check it out, just head over to the website. I wrote, Dear Stanley, it was 1978 and I was five years old. I remember it was during the summer because I was hot and bored. I mean, swimming in the pool could take up a good chunk of your day, but what were you supposed to do in the morning and at night? My parents kept wanting me to read more. Unfortunately, I was more drawn to television than I was to books. One day, my dad came home from the store and handed me something. He wanted me to read more, but saw this and thought this might be a good idea. It was a comic book, a Spider-Man comic. It was my first real exposure to a comic book character. He was, here was a kid that was picked on, bullied, couldn't get the girl, yet he was, a, he was stopping supervillains like the Rhino, the Vulture, the Hobgoblin, and of course, the Green Goblin. Keep in mind, this was also my first foray into the Marvel Universe. Shortly after, they had a Spider-Man television show, and then there was the, an Incredible Hulk series. I remember watching the show and digging how this guy would turn into a giant green rage monster and when, when he got angry. But at the end, of course, at the end of every episode, he was, it was sad. And when I went to the market with my parents, I saw an Incredible Hulk comic. And I wanted to see why he was so sad. There was something inherently beautiful about, his, about this character, the bombastic candor of the Hulk, but a deep sadness in Bruce Banner. Once I understood that Marvel Comics had these characters, I began absorbing them so much. Eventually, I learned that many of these characters were created by Stan Lee, and Lee passed away on November 12, 2018, at the age of 95. And I was heartbroken. Like the loss of Leonard Nimoy and Carrie Fisher, Stan Lee was a huge part of my childhood. One of the things that people fail to realize is that it wasn't about these heroes. I mean, the hero aspect was awesome and great for kids, but it was about the person. Many of the stories focused on the hero being human and having human problems, but they just happened to be a superhero. Once a comics bookstore opened in my neighborhood, I had unbridled access to their entire universe, including back issues. I won't say that much of my life view is based on comic characters, but I will say that as a kid, I gave, it gave me peace to know that these characters, particularly Spider-Man, had the same issues I had. The only other issue is that they were a superhero too. These characters went through many things we went through in our lives, and that is why Stanley was important, was so important. He created a universe that featured superheroes that had the same problems its readers had. Sibling rivalry, lost loves, isolation, loss of a loved one. They had a profound impact on a little kid that hadn't experienced any, anything yet, but gave great solace when, we, when you were faced with them. Stanley wasn't simply a man that created a fantastic comic book universe. He created a format that his young readers would be more equipped to handle the real problems of life. And to a man that opened my eyes in my youth, thank you for my childhood. Excelsior, my friend. Nuff said. That's some real shit. I'll tell you like this. I, I just found out. Um, if you go, there's a, there's a Stanley Easter egg in Netflix. Oh, yeah. If you Excelsior. go and type in Excelsior, it pulls up all the Marvel stuff. Which that's, which I, that's badass. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, it just sucks when you lose important people. Yeah. You know? I mean, everyone's important in their own way, but I mean, people that are important in your personal life. Don't be SJW here. Don't be SJW. (laughs) No, come on. Everybody. I'm kidding. You know, come on. That's all right. 
All right. So not to go out on a totally sad note, <laughs> um, something sciencey is happening, something kind of cool. So this is actually off the Lazy Geeks, uh, Lazy Geeks as I posted this last week. And it's almost like you're watching one of those doomsday scenarios on the History Channel. Unfortunately, this is real. Fortunately, we will be fine. But scientists have suggested that a dark matter hurricane might be making its way past the sun and it could be detected here on Earth. Published by the Physical Review D, the study led by Kieran O'Hare, O'Hare uh, from the University of Zaragoza in Spain. They looked at a collection of nearby stars moving in the same direction known as the S1 stream. They are believed to be remnants of a dwarf galaxy that was swallowed up by the Milky Way billions of years ago, a statement That's right. from the APS <laughs> physics noted. <laughs> the S1 stream, consisting of 30,000 stars, was found last year by ESA's Gala satellite, which is mapping a billion stars in our galaxy. About 30 such streams have been found in our galaxy, each the remnant of the previous collision. S1 is particularly interesting, however, is that it's currently blowing, quote-unquote blowing, uh, mm. past us at 500 kilometers, 310 miles per second, as the researchers said that it may produce noticeable effects on the dark matter near us. Quote, Current detection looking for weakly interacting massive particles, one widely discussed form of dark matter, probably won't see any effect from S1, the statement noted, but future WIMP detectors might. All galaxies are thought to have formed inside a large halo of dark matter, which we can't see and doesn't interact with normal matter. Watch Star Trek, people. Researchers noted that about 10 billion solar masses of dark matter was traveling along S1, all of which is coming from the original dwarf galaxy. Quote, as the S1 stream hits the solar system slap in the face, the writer writes, its counter-rotating structure will dramatically increase the amount of dark matter appearing to come from the same patch of sky as standard dark matter winds, reports Cosmos Magazine. Indeed, it should produce a telltale ring-like structure around this wind, something that directional dark matter detectors e could easily detect. Science Alert also noticed that it might be possible to detect axions from the stream, which are theoretical particles 500 million times lighter than an electron and could constitute dark matter. These ultra-light particles, which can't be seen, could be converted to photons, which can be seen, and in the presence of a strong magnetic field, they said. No direct detection of dark matter has ever been made, despite numerous attempts, but perhaps this hurricane will provide an intriguing opportunity to do so. So, yeah. Science, bitch. <laughs> Every time I hear dark matter, I always think of that... Um, Jessica Alba TV show that James oh, Cameron yeah. did. <laughs> so dark hot. Matter there. Huh? <laughs> that sounds that sounds metal as fuck though. Dark matter hurricane. But that's kind of cool if we can actually get some type of detection that dark matter is like, like we can actually physically see something that yeah. may be like dark matter. But then of course you'll have the conspiracy theorists go fucking fake. Fucking NASA. It's all fake. Fake news. <laughs> like, what the fuck? 
we never been to space, so we can't detect dark dark matter. Dark matter's the thing that keeps the earth flat. <laughs> oh, oh god, that donut one now. I don't I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Maybe that'll be I'll a future see. episode later. When I'm just we can, done. When we can like wrap our head around the idea that we're no longer flat or a circle, but we're a donut. I know what you did there, wrap our head around. <laughs> I know what you're doing. Right now, Homer's going, don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that is our episode for this week. If you're listening on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, we want those five-star reviews. Also, review us on Stitcher or anywhere you get the show, or drop by the blog, thelazygeeks.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, all at a, at lazy blah, blah, blah. <laughs> at the lazy geeks. Um, send us feedback, comments, suggestions for episodes, or your favorite conspiracy theories. We definitely love to speak about them. Uh, send that over to the geeks at the lazy geeks.com. Dude, orbital, orbital fetus has been sending us some like lot of shit for conspiracy theories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is stuff we might end up checking out later when we get back in the new year. So. Uh, also, check out some of our other podcasts on the Lazy Geeks Network. Uh, every Tuesday, the Extended Play Movie Podcast, or the Cinephile Podcast that we have. I think this week we're discussing uh, Disney's The Three Musketeers with Kiefer Sutherland, Charlie Sheen, Chris O'Donnell, and uh, Oliver Platt, which was probably the best Three Musketeers uh, ever existed. And then, of course, uh, my show, Every Wednesday, The Fine Line. And this week we'll be talking about the war on Thanksgiving, which basically is you know the fact that we really don't have thanksgiving anymore because it's halloween and it goes right to christmas yeah so. my wife has been actually um super complaining about that she's like i'm tired of seeing all this christmas shit <laughs> seeing christmas commercials like the day after fucking halloween it's like what are we doing it's because there's nothing to sell for thanksgiving yeah except butterballs um, and shit Right. <laughs> you can follow me on social media at uh twitter and instagram both under um sapien tlg and i'm also on social media follow me on twitter at a middle age geek and instagram middle age underscore geek and also if you want to help us out you definitely donate to the show all donations will help um all the shows on the lazy geeks network uh, hosting fees upgrade equipment hookers you know whatever <laughs> we need the necessities that's right um just head over to the website and click on the donate button uh, and of course, I'll take you to PayPal um, to donate. All right. And all do any donation is truly helpful. So thanks for checking us out. So until next time, live large. If you ain't living large, you ain't living at all.